Pastor Joe. And I'm Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. Hey, welcome everybody. Glad you could be with us today. So last week we were talking about this writing contest that you had, that you entered. Yes, I remember. And we want to know... What happened? You want to know if I won? Yeah, let's let's hear it. Do you think I won? Of course I think you won because oh, I think nice you're a great storyteller. No, sadly, I did not win. And like I said in last week's uh, podcast, I never win these things. I, I, mm. I, I submit. There must be thousands of people that submit their, their short stories. But no, I didn't win this. But I'll be honest, I went into this not expecting to win it. Well, there's a lot of writers out there, but you're a great storyteller. And so... Um, oh, that's nice putting of you to that say. into words. I think that I, if I were to choose, I would have chosen. Oh, you. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I would hope you would choose me. So but that's it was, like, it was a story about Pua. That's what I remember. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's blue, beautiful and Splenda. Splendid. Oh, oh man. I got a, I got a, I got a glitch in my head. Beautiful and Splenda. Defy. Splendid. <laughs> I, I'm kind of in shock right now. I, got a I think maybe you should rename her. I, I think or so. Rename it. It's like a golfer. Story. You know when he when he's playing golf and he gets a glitch in his swing and then he can't get out of that glitch. I You're think that's what glitch. I've got. Splendid, splendid, beautiful and splendid. Yep. Defy a king, and but, it's a short story that I wrote and I entered it in a contest and I did not win. But I was really hoping I was going to win because the um, the the group that puts this on is a publishing company. Yo, what do you win if you win? Okay, it? so if you get first place, you get. You get your whatever book, whatever writing you want, they'll publish it. You get to do it for free. And um, I really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Second, third place, they get to publish as well, but it's not as it's not as like all encompassing of a of a book thing. But you know, it's all considered self publishing. It's not like a, a major publishing house or anything. But but you know, if you got an organization, a book publisher that will even self publish, will publish your book and they'll cover all the cost if you win this contest then man i'm game and and in case you don't know um i'm just about to finish my book so i've been working yeah your novel yep i've written a novel and um you know i thought a lot about i always have book projects in my head what i want to there's a lot of things i want to write about some of it's leadership church stuff related but but really when it came down to it i just had this story in my head that i've had for a long time and i just thought one day if i don't write this down i don't think it's ever going to get out of my head and right. so I started writing. It's a great story. I, Joe has read it to me several times and I enjoy it. So I have shared it with a few people who have all given me good, good feedback and good, you know, constructive criticism as well. Um, they've all encouraged me to finish it. So I'm probably, I'm, I'm well two thirds into it and right. I'm kind of, I'm kind of at the point in the store where I'm getting ready to bring it in for landing. So. What I love is our boys are always like, have you finished it, Dad? Have you finished it? When are you going to finish your book? Yeah, it takes time to write this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's so not, much going on in our lives. It's not like you have a whole lot of sit down free time. I don't. When you're writing, you're really writing a message. You're writing your sermon. So. Yeah, but I'm pretty happy with it. And I will finish. I will finish. Sure. And you know what? Even if I have to self-publish, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, well, we'll it is it a out. great story, and I think that people will be interested. But as far as the writing contest that you entered, we talked about, we joked about maybe putting it in the show notes, and so we will have to share that. Yeah, with I'll do so it. I thought think, about it because it is a short story. It's not very long. It'll take like five minutes. But to you know, read when it. I put it out there and people read that story, whoever's interested, they might, you know, if we just, if you just tell them it's a good story and they don't read it. They take your word for it. But if you tell them it's a good story and then they read it, they may go, this is not a good story. (laughs) 
I mean, this, this is this is not a good story. So maybe. So you guys are going to have to give us some feedback and let us know. Or if, if it's not it's good, good don't give us any feedback. Just agree. It's about Pua. I mean, it's come about on. Pua. What's not good about What's it? What's not good about it? But anyway, yeah. So I didn't win, but that's okay. I got over it pretty quick. But uh, something I'm a little confused by is this morning. You got up at three o'clock this morning. Three o'clock our time. Yeah, I three a.m. I set my alarm. I don't usually have to set an alarm. We don't for ever get up at three a.m. in the morning. But you got up this morning at three a.m. for what? Go ahead and tell everybody. Well, it was the Queen's funeral today, and it was like ten o'clock their time. But I wanted to watch like the lead up. You know, they go down the street. It's very ceremonial, very pomp and circumstance, and so it it was really cool. I mean. It, I mean, how do you say a funeral is cool? But just yeah, how just much they, <laughs> how much they honored her for her service to the country, and I just think it's really cool to see all the soldiers marching and um, the family, and just how respectful they are of her. So I did a little bit of sleeping on the couch, and then I, and then I'd watch it, and then I'd nod off, but. Well, for what I did not hear you get up at 3 a.m. I slept right through whatever alarm you set. I got up that this morning. not surprised. I, I got up this morning and you I looked over. through all your alarms. I do. I fell out of a third story bunk one time and hit the ground and didn't wake up. <laughs> they, I was at church camp. I was much younger and they told me about it the next day and I didn't, I didn't believe them. And they said, you fell out of the bunk. You hit the ground. We picked you up and put you back in bed and you never woke up. And they all thought that was funny. And I've thought about that in the years since going, what if I was really, what if I had a massive concussion? What if, I mean, what if I really got injured and <laughs> they just picked me up and threw me back in my bunk as if nothing was That's wrong? That's how we did it in the 80s. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. It's kind of bothered me all these years. Like, <laughs> what if I was hurt? Because I have no memory of it. Well, I can promise you, you still sleep through everything. I'm the one who has to be like, hey, your alarm's gone off six times. No, I think, I think I'm, well, I'm going to wake up in heaven one day and I'm going to ask God, what happened? And it's like family couldn't wake you up and the tornado got you <laughs> they tried there's a tornado they all made it to the basement but not you we would wake you up okay. we would wake you up no i i the alarm went off for like a split second i turned it off right away but did, did you enjoy the funeral did you learn anything um i don't know if i i mean i learned that this was the first casted funeral for royalty they don't usually do that but the queen had decided that that was going to take place because um i think just as a you know, to honor her and, and her to thank, you know, um, the people there. So it was, I mean, thousands of people lined the streets just to watch the hearse drive by. Um, and that was amazing. I mean, 30, 50 people deep on the street. Was it a hearse? It was a specially built one specifically well, for her casket and crown. Because when I walked in, I saw that, and I saw you watching this morning. They showed the back of the car, and I thought I saw a Jaguar symbol on it. It was a Jag. Well, it could have been. But Do they was, still call Jaguars a hearse? I mean, well, that one, yeah, because it's carrying a casket. No, but, but why Why would they call it a hearse? Like, what is a hearse? Is a hearse a brand of car, or is it a style of car, like a station wagon? I believe it's a, 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 a car that takes a coffin we're gonna have to, to get to the bottom of this because <laughs> i it was a jaguar yeah it's it's a beautiful car but it had it's higher it was a little higher lots of glass so that everybody could see um the the royal i'm flag just curious if they the still crown. if it's still considered a hearse it is well according to the news channel i was 
listening to. Okay, we're going to get to the bottom yeah, was, of this. Yeah, it was so. really cool. So anyway, I don't so, know. A, a hearse could... is a large vehicle, originally a horse carriage, but later with the introduction of motor vehicles, a car used to carry the body of a deceased person in a coffin at a funeral wake or memorial service. Thank you, Abby. Abby wow. comes through. Abby. Well, so. our, our, our executive producer <laughs> jumps in to, to answer the question for us in real time. So there you have it. Our fearless producer. That's Thank Abby, you, Abby, everybody. Thank you, Abby. So so basically anything can be a hearse. Well, anything that, yeah. I mean, it's... it's yeah, so it's my old Dodge thing. truck could oh, be a hearse. give me As a long break. as you put a casket in the back of it. I think they did use... They used to have like horse and carriage and they i know the royal family has that available but they were taking um the uh, taking her from london to um to windsor castle so All but right. anyway well, I, I, hearse, I, I i i sat there with my crumpet this morning and tea um I, it's actually chai tea but i had my crumpet on a go west plate oh i had <laughs> Go West plate. The- Why am I mentioning Go West here? Because we have a huge Go West uh, event coming we up do. this weekend. If you don't weekend. know what Go West is, Go West is what we called our um, our capital campaign of, of our uh, second campus as a church. Yeah. We are we are in the process. We are building a campus out on the west side of Bella Vista, and um, and back oh a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, when we started our financial campaign, um, we uh, we had a guy in our church that can etch glass, and he. Uh, did these beautiful plates of that had the Go West logo in it. And when we had our Go West night, um, we served all the desserts on it, and everybody got to take it home as a keepsake. We still have ours. We love it. Yes, yeah, so I had my crumpet on it. Well, so you're coming up Go West night. So we're having another Go West night um, this uh, Sunday night, the uh, 25th, I believe, um, 630. We're going to have desserts. And it's really, it's for anybody that's come into our church. We've probably had several hundred people join our church um, since in the last year and a half. And so we really want to include everybody. So, hey, if you happen to listen to this and you're new to our church family, you can come on up to the church Sunday night at uh, 630. And we'd love it's to tell you all about it. It's actually at 6, so 6, 6 p.m. 6 oh, it p. is at 6? Yeah, I thought it was 630. No. Oh, well, 6 p.m. I stand corrected. 6 p.m. And you just come on out at 6 p.m. And, and enjoy some desserts. We'd love to tell you more about Go West, give you the latest update on, on uh, the construction and all that's happening out there. So, yeah. Sunday night, 6.30. No, 6. We had a great message um, about Moses. We're in Exodus right now. And I... In a rescued series. I thought it was really cool when you mentioned about Moses, baby Moses, being put in a basket, because that's what I learned in Sunday school. Mm-hmm. But um, then you had said that there are a couple versions that said an ark and it's in the Bible twice, and I had not heard that before. That's cool. That was really one of those neat details that kind of came to light in my own study of, of, and I think I knew that already, but I was reminded of it when I was studying that that there's that the word that mm-hmm. is used here, where you know, which translated NIV as basket, I believe it's the King James version says ark, mm-hmm. um, that Moses was placed in an ark. Well, possibly there's only, a different size ark. Well, I don't think it was as big as ark, <laughs> and I don't think it took his mom a hundred years to make, but you know. <laughs> It was um, 
it's there's only two places in the Old Testament where that specific Hebrew word is used. Yeah, and it's works. used for Noah's Ark and it's used for Moses's basket. It's mm-hmm. the same word. And it's interesting how Moses's mother prepared the basket in a similar way as Noah. You know, she mm. she covered it with pitch and tar oh, wow. to make it yeah. waterproof and kind of seems to make us think there's a lid. When when Pharaoh's daughter found it, she opened it up. Yeah. She opened the ark and there was baby uh, Moses. And I just found it's really interesting that you have this idea that, you know, Noah, in a sense, was a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, and through God's providence, you know, he he saved Noah, he, he rescued him, he, he was a deliverer, really. And, um, and it was through the ark that um, he was able to do that. And here you have Moses, who's also a deliverer, mm-hmm. who was placed in an ark and, and, and was saved. And, you know, it's, it's just, and it was also both of them were in the water. So, you know, the basket and the ark were both in the yeah. water and it was saved through the water. I just, I just, there's an interesting parallel there. Probably a thought that I could have developed a lot more um, had I had the time. But that was really a fascinating detail that um, the, the, this, the ark of Noah and the ark right. of Moses are very, it's the same word. Right. And I thought that was really cool. But there's a lot of stuff like that in this, um, in this uh, series. Um, what mm. I've appreciated so much is, you know, we're dealing with, parts of the Bible that are, for a lot of people, are very familiar. We're talking about the plagues, Mm -hmm. Moses. These aren't unfamiliar names. We're talking about crossing the Red Sea and the Ten Commandments. All this is going to come out. But what I've really appreciated is how many people have said to me, I never knew that. Or, man, that that made that story come alive. Or I just thought... I appreciate those kind of feedback, that feedback, because that's what I want to do. I want to, I want to bring it all together and 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 really develop parts of the story that either we had forgotten or just assumed or never knew. And so, even in in a familiar chapter of the Bible, like Exodus two, about Moses being placed in the basket, there seems to be like new insight and right. um, um, new uh, new understanding, which is cool. Well, you asked um, in your message <clears throat> two questions um, for everybody, and so let's listen to the clip, and then uh, we can talk about that. I'd love for you to wrestle with two questions today. In fact, I'm going to ask you to write these down, or if you want, they're in the app; they're written down for you. But I would like for each of us to wrestle with these two questions this week and really think through about it. And I'm gonna frame these questions in the first person for you. When was a time in my life that I can look back and see God's providence? A time when the Lord was guiding you through life and was working through you to accomplish his purposes, even if you didn't realize it at the time. Can, can you think back at some examples or some circumstances That didn't make sense back in the day. But you can totally see what God was doing then as it relates to today. Here's another question that I think we should all wrestle with. When was a time in my life that I can look back and see God's preparation? God's preparation. In other words, looking back in time just a little bit, but now you can clearly see that what God was doing then was preparing you for what you are doing now or something that you had gone through. That preparation might have involved a a really challenging experience, or it could have involved some really incredible experiences. The preparation that you look back on could have been an extremely difficult season or a difficult relationship, or it could be God bringing some incredible people into your life at just the right time. What are those relationships? What are those events that God has used to prepare you for today? So, I was going to ask you, 
about a time in your life that you can look back and see God's providence. And because I was, I was fully expecting a story and I didn't hear one. So I I think I know you've got, I know you got your plethora of stories about plethora, but you know, there's definitely those times I can look back and see God's providence and they've helped Mm -hmm. me as I've looked over my life and thought, and, and I'm just like, oh, that and that and that. Oh, I can see how God's hand was on this. And and I think it's important that as Christians, we should wrestle that down. I mean, we should take an inventory of our lives. I think there's times we, we stop and, 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 and we note the things of great importance mm-hmm. because we know the impact they've had for us today. Right. And, and I think about even just my calling into ministry. And I am one, I totally believe that I was called into ministry. I, I didn't just grow up in a preacher's home and observe. I think there was a point in my life that I was actually called into ministry. You know, something that maybe people didn't know is I spent a whole year in Bible college not wanting to be a minister. Right. You know, I went to Bible college because that was kind of always been the plan. Expectation yeah. in your home. You know, something that uh, that my dad wanted for me and, and actually for my, for my brother and sister as well, just... If um, your first year away from home was going to be at a Bible college, right. and then you know I was never you know challenged or or forced into ministry or anything like that. But what were you thinking you were going to be doing? Like, what did you want to do after you did your my first plans, year of college? Well, for a while, I thought I was going to go in the Air Force, mm-hmm. and I had uh, a lot of um, thoughts about that. And then as time went on, um, um, I was considering maybe being a pilot. And I looked into some flight schools and getting my pilot's license and and then moved away from that. And then um, and I really had had some even some thoughts about going to law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's I think I had that dream that a lot of kids do. You know, just like I want to be a police officer. And, you know, and even to this day, there are still some times I feel like I want to do that at times. But um, but, you know, it was, it was those were the things on my mind as I was approaching the end of high school and those early days of college and. And even um, at Ozark Christian College, where I went, my whole first year, I remember the very first day I was, I moved in the dorms and I was sitting on my bed and I was all alone in my room and, and I hadn't met my roommate yet or anything like that. And I said this prayer, I asked God, I said, God, um, you've got me here. And, and it's not like I don't want to be here, but you know, cause I had friends there, but it wasn't like I was dreading it. It's just like, it was just this one year out of my life that I knew I had to just go through. And then I could go do whatever I wanted. And um, and I said, God, I, you've got me here. And if there's anything you want to show me, I'm all ears, but this is your year. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the prayer. I mean, I, and it wasn't an ultimatum. I didn't think of it as an ultimatum. I think it was just more like saying, God, you've got me here. And I love that you're sharing that because that reminds me of a very specific time right before I went to Ozark. And I remember the bed I was laying in and the time that I said a very similar prayer of going to the same school, hmm. but probably a year or two later. Yeah. Cause I, I know that our time there didn't line up exactly, but I remember laying in bed, um, at, in Lamar, Missouri, where I was visiting with a friend. Yeah. You, and, you didn't live in Lamar. No, I didn't live in Lamar, but I was on my way to Ozark. And I remember laying in bed and like, you can hear in my voice. I'm, it's like emotional to think back about that because I remember specifically 
like laying there going, okay, Lord, I have no idea what you're doing because I would have not chosen this path. And so I, that's kind of cool that you said that because I, I, that reminded me of that time that I was like, yeah, and I, I think, am. and I think I only prayed that prayer once. Well, and I don't know if it's just nervous or just not sure. I mean, I, mean, mm-hmm. I just left home for the first time and I'm in a different state. I'm in, I'm in a different community and, and it's like, all right, Lord, you've got me here. And, and if you want to show me something, this is your year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm not sure I pray that way anymore. I'm, I, um, but I, it, to my mind, it wasn't an ultimatum. Um, if it was an ultimatum, God won. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, I went through that whole year and I did not have any epiphanies at all. It was like, Hey, I just had a good time. Mm-hmm. I did not study enough. Um, I did not get good grades my first year in school. And back then, you know, hardly any of what I was doing was going to transfer to any other school to begin with. So I guess in this minus, I'm just going to have fun and, and enjoy myself. I played basketball every day, you know, every day after class, I'd go down and shoot hoops. There was a, there was a huge intramural league at the time and a lot of just fun. So we, I just played ball, but it was, um, I'll ne- I remember it was right at the end of the school year. It's the last week or two of school. And I was getting ready to leave Ozark Christian college forever. And I had a job set up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, um, I was going to work the summer, make as much money as possible. And then I had already been accepted to, uh, another school, um, to go work on something else. And I, I was leaving Ozark for good. And I get a phone call and, and I, and, and back then we had pay phones in the dorm. So like, <laughs> there was no phones in the room. So it was two phones on every floor. And so you'd hear it ring. It was an old school pay phone and somebody would answer it. And then they'd put the, the phone on top of the ringer and they'd yell down the hall, Hey, Joe, you got a call. And, and, and if hopefully you heard him. So I still remember that. Oh yeah. So good times. So I, um, I walked down the hall and answered it and the guy introduced himself. He was a pastor from a, a church in Oklahoma. And he just said, Hey, I want to talk to you about coming and doing an internship with us this summer. And I said, oh, well, I don't know why you'd call me because I'm not looking for an internship. I'm not even going to the ministry. I'm leaving school forever. And he said, oh, that's not my understanding. And, and he began to tell me this story about how a friend of mine who actually had applied for that internship and uh, ended up taking a different one. And when they followed up with him, he said, oh, I'm not going to take this internship because I've already taken another one. And they said, well, who do you know that's looking for an internship? And he goes, you know who you should call? You should call Joe Williams. He's looking for an internship, and that's which is not the truth at all. And I never <laughs> had that conversation. I don't know why he told them that, but that's how they got my name. And it's the weirdest thing. In the in the ten minutes or so I was talking to him, I just had this weird peace come over me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you've ever had that before, but you just get this weird peace. That's like this is a good call. This someone is someone else called it weird peace the other day, and then they said, "Wait a sec, no, it wasn't. It, it's it's the peace." I know where it comes from. Yeah, it's I not weird at all. I didn't know God was doing anything at the moment, but now I look back on it and go, I know God was orchestrating yeah. things. Now it becomes clear later, but I see it. So all I know is he invited me to come down to the church and talk to him that, that very weekend. And I thought, okay, fine. So that weekend I got in my car and I, I drove from Joplin, Missouri to that uh, town in Oklahoma and met with him, met with some of the church leaders. And I remember telling him, I said, look, I really don't know why I'm here, except that I think I think maybe I just have this piece about talking to you. And of course they all knew who my dad was, but I was like, I'm just here and, and, and I'm just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And, um, and, and I, and they offered me the job. They said, come spend the summer with us. We'll set you up with somebody's house and you can live there. And, and I said, I'll, I'll come if you guys acknowledge the fact that you're hiring an intern who is not going in the ministry, who's not even going back to Bible college. And they're like, we're good with that. Just come. 
And I, I weighed my options and I thought, you know what? Doing that seemed far more appealing to me than going to work my normal job, in, my summer job in Tulsa, right. Oklahoma. And, and so I went and it was a good summer. And, um, and I didn't have any real epiphanies at all. I mean, it was just, it was a good summer. You just interact with good people and, and um, you learn a lot of things. But it was the very last week of my internship. Um, the, the minister said, Joe, I want you to preach your last weekend. And I'm going to preach. He goes, yeah, I want you to preach your last Sunday. I'm, it's obvious. Like he, he knew what he was doing. He knew how know. God was using him or something. I had never preached before. And, and he goes, no preach. So I'm, I remember my dad actually drove and met me kind of halfway, um, and helped me work on this sermon. Cause I didn't even know where to start. Aww. And so it's a good memory. And, yeah. and, um, and that Sunday I preached and I don't even remember what I preached about, to be honest with you. I'm sure I could dig it out of a file somewhere, but, um, it was the weirdest thing. I sat down and the minister stood up and he offered the invitation. And a lot of churches still do that where there's a formal altar call mm-hmm. at the end of the service. And he did. And eight people came forward and this is not a large church. Right. Eight people came forward to, to make some kind of decision. Yeah. I think we had a couple baptisms, a couple people wanting to recommit their life to Christ. And I can't remember now, but I'm sitting there watching all this unfold unfold in front of me. And I just knew the Lord was calling me into ministry in that moment. And so I, I actually walked forward cause I had sat down and then I walked forward and the minister looks at me and goes, what are you doing up here? And I said, I love I'm, 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 I'm I'm coming forward to make a decision. And he goes, what's your decision? I said, I'm going back to Bible college. I'm going to commit myself to ministry right now. Mm-hmm. And he's, you are? And I said, I am. And so we told the whole church. And, and so I was the ninth person to come forward and make a decision. And I told that story years later to a friend of mine. And he goes, and I never even thought about it until he said it. He goes, Joe, I think you're the only preacher that has ever preached a sermon, offered an invitation, and answered his own altar call. <laughs> I guess I did. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. And I went back to Bible college a week later. And uh, then I started to study harder. (laughs) I paid more attention in class, played less basketball. Actually, I didn't play less basketball because I joined the basketball team. The the coach invited me and and I ended up getting hurt and my grades weren't good enough to play. But I ended up Uh getting, I I got, come on. so the first semester, my (laughs) grades weren't good enough to be eligible, but I got hurt. So I let people know I was injured (laughs) and I was injured. I could, I had a stress fracture and I couldn't play on my right leg. But, but I let, that sounds more macho. Is the eligibility different in college than high school? I don't know. But for for Ozark, if you don't have a certain GPA, they don't let you play sports. And I just missed the mark, but the real, just barely, just barely. Um, but, uh, but the real reason is I was hurt. (laughs) That's all that people need to know. So when they say, Joe, why aren't you playing? I'm hurt, which is true. I couldn't play. I I did play the second semester, but uh, my grades got better. But, you know, I look back on that and I, and I look now and I go, there were things happening that I had no control over. There were things happening that God was doing, I think, to specifically call me into ministry and to get my attention. And I think he needed that experience to get a hold of my mind and get a hold of my heart and to show me some things. And that was the moment I can pinpoint it that the moment was that Sunday morning that I was called into ministry. Mm-hmm. I've never looked back and I've, I've just moved forward um, with my life with no regrets that this is the path God has me on. Yeah. And he has affirmed that many times over. And that's just one instance that I look back on my life and I go, right. I can see how, and I believe this with all my heart, God was orchestrating things. Yeah, I could point to other times where it was a lot different, but where I really wanted something and God said no. Yeah. 
And oh, yeah. later I realized I, there have been times that I've wanted things so badly that God just shut the door on and said For no. Sure. And it wasn't until years later where I realized now looking back on it, go, yeah, yeah. the worst thing that could have ever happened from my life is if God said For yes. Sure. Yeah. So God's providence works through yeses and nos and callings and open doors and closed doors and all those kinds of things. But man, when I, when I challenge the church to look back on their life and, and try to think of times when, when um, they can see how God cared for you and guided you through your life mm-hmm. and worked through you to accomplish his purposes. That's just one example of, yeah. of how I see that. And I hope, I hope, I hope anybody listening to this can do the same thing. And then when they, when they see these examples, they just go down their knees and give God thanks for the work he's done in his life, uh, their life, because, you know, I mean, what are we without the Lord? We're nothing. And I think maybe in heaven, um, we'll get a full unveiling of all that God has done for us. And and then we'll really worship and praise him like never before saying this, this is that God was doing things and it got me to heaven. Hey, how about those Kansas city chiefs? Mm, yay. Yeah. Now that's something you don't know. <laughs> Kirsten is a huge Chicago bears fans. Oh, it's going to be a horrible season. It, it's too early to tell, but I, and a lot of people know this, but I, mean, I love the Kansas city chiefs. Yeah. Absolutely love Brock. the chiefs. You know, we lived in Kansas city for almost 11 years and I really fell in love with the chiefs during, and, and you know, that love came with me here to Arkansas. Well, and our whole family pretty much loves sports. Like it's not just a, you sitting in the couch and everybody like, Ooh, we all like, yeah, we love, you know, we watch a lot of football and, and man, I love basketball. I love yeah. the NBA and a lot of people don't like pro basketball. I love pro basketball. I don't watch a ton of it. I, I mean, I stay up on it. I know which teams are good, but when it gets to the playoffs, man, every night I try to catch as many playoff games as possible. And, you know, I'm there for all seven games of the NBA championship watching them. You know, I should try to, I should try to get Brock to a basketball game this year. He would oh, love that. Fun. I don't think we've yeah, done that in a long Brock time. Brock likes basketball. Brock plays basketball and loves football, has played football for years. And so we all love watching That's football right. together. But I, I want to say one thing about the Chiefs. You know, pre, in the preseason, everybody was talking about how the AFC West was going to be this tough division. I There's apologize so many, to everyone who so does not many good teams right now. So many good teams. And you know what? The Chiefs are 2-0, and and they're atop of the division, and the other teams are struggling, um, and which makes me happy. Um, I, I, um, I just love that. And what I hate, though, is right now they're talking about how the quarterback for the Bills, you know, he's, he's not in the AFC West, but the AFC, the Bills, who are supposed to be this great team, and I think they are, but how the Bills quarterback and the Chargers quarterback, all they're doing is talking about how good they played against the Chiefs. And all I want to say is, why don't they talk about how good Patrick McHolmes played? Because he actually beat those guys. So I'm just I'm just saying that they're talking about the, they're talking so good about the guys that lost. Let's talk about the Chiefs. They were the ones that won. You might hear a lot about the Chiefs on this podcast. And if you I do, was I'm gonna apologize. say I, and there won't be much to talk about the Bears if they continue to uh um, you know, not be very good this season. So but um Sports. Speaking of sports, we played. We both played sports. What sports did you play? Well, up, I Kirsten? played soccer all four years in high school. I, I played soccer really my whole life growing up uh, as a kid, and then in high school, I our team my freshman year of high school was the very first girls soccer team. We started our high school started a high school soccer team for the girls my freshman year, and so by my senior year, I was the captain of our soccer team. I played defense and. 
I was pretty amazing. Actually, my nickname was Hacker. I don't know if that's pretty amazing or not. Uh, you're, you must have been like the enforcer. He's like, send Kirsten in. We need to take somebody out. It was it was a lot of did fun. Did you ever I get agree. a red card? Did you ever get carded? Oh, yeah. That you was did? what you, you go for. Yeah. No, I, I usually got yellow carded. I, I don't know if I ever got red carded, but I know for sure several yellow cards. I think but. I got yellow carded once or twice. I never got red carded. I played, I played soccer probably more than any other organized sports. That's just because you start when you're in kindergarten. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but basketball was my first love and oh, yes. a lot of basketball and all the way through college. You know, I, I mentioned, um, that, uh, I even got to play one season at Ozark yeah. and I was hurt and to make sure it's very clear. <laughs> I was hurt of course, yeah, for the hurt. majority of that season. But you know, in the second semester, um, when I, you were eligible. I got to suit up well, when I was, um, <laughs> healed and, um, and, uh, and I remember by the time that, by the time, by the time we got to that point in the season, I was the guy that got thrown in, like when we were either up by 30 points or we were down by 30 points. Mm-hmm. I, I just got some scrub minutes. I loved every second of it though. I loved, I loved the whole environment of it. But, uh, I remember, uh, I got in this game and I don't think it was, it wasn't my first game suiting up. It was way deep in the season and, uh, we were playing another I'm going to say, quote unquote, Christian college. I don't think it was. I'm not going to name the college. It was a religious school. I don't think it was a true Bible college. But anyway, what I remember is there's two minutes left in the game and we're getting beat by 25 or 30. And uh, the guy I was playing behind had some foul trouble. He had to come out or he may have fouled out. And I was like the last option. I remember our coach looked down the bench. I'm at the end. I'm at the very end of the bench where I, where I had my own reserve seat. And, um, and coach goes, Williams, you're in. And I'm like, okay. And I jump in, of course, I'm dry as can be. I haven't sweated or nothing. Your I mean, Chris, it, brand new uniform. It was not, there was no dirt, no, no stretch, nothing. So I, I check in and I remember this gym. It was one of those gyms. It's really weird. Like you look across the gym floor and they got all the seating for all the, the other team's fans and the, and the, the bleachers wrapped around behind the basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was like, just, it was kind of weird. It was like, you seating on two sides of the court right across and then behind the hoop. And there was several hundred kids behind the basket. They were doing everything they can to try to distract the free throw shooter. You know, it was just a weird setup. So I check in and I got, okay, I got two minutes and 12 seconds to play my heart out and just have a good time. And I jog out to the court and I start, you know, the other team was inbounding the ball. So I, I knew who I was guarding. So I got up next to him to try to, you know, guard him. And right before the ball got thrown in, um, I don't know if you can just imagine two or 300 college students in unison that it had to have been planned. I don't know, but they all yelled at the same time. Hey, 50, you suck. <laughs> and I remember laughing going, Oh man, that's weird. And I looked down and realized I was 50. <laughs> that was me. Wait a minute. <laughs> I had just had 300 people tell me that they just yelled and I looked down and it shocked me. You're and like, that's hey. never happened before. And I, and I remember thinking at the time, like, I don't suck. You don't even know me. How do, <laughs> what, what did you, hey, I'm out here. You're up there. So who stinks? You know, me or you? And uh, one of the guys on our team um, ran over to me and goes, hey, you ignore that. You block that out. And I'm like, <laughs> how do you block that out? I was not prepared <laughs> for that moment of my life. And uh, I was like, for the two minutes and 12 seconds, I was like, I don't stink. I don't stink. No. How dare they say that? And this is like one of my favorite stories. And that's why <laughs> from the first time I ever heard that story, I have now referred to Joe as Hey 50. She does. At least once a week during our 23-year marriage, 
she'll say like, she'll just walk through the room and say, Hey, 50, can you take out the trash? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't even bother me anymore. Of course, it, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a term of endearment, I think now, but um, now I don't want anybody else to say, Hey, 50 to me. So if you're, I share this story, I don't want to be called that. I will allow my wife to say it. I do not allow my children to say it. Here it comes. Um, so just don't say, Hey, 50 don't, you know, but, uh, but yeah, so sometimes she'll just look at me. She'll say, Hey, 50. And there's, Can you get me something? There and, it is, yeah. <laughs> so no, that, so that was actually. I look back on it. That's actually one of my fondest basketball memories. It kind of stung at the moment, but they're just kids being kids. They're college fans. They're you it was know probably a blast for that team. I don't know. They shook me up pretty good. I didn't make any shots, so I guess it worked. Um, but anyway, so I mean, what can you do in two minutes? We should ask Abby. Abby, our our fearless producer, Abby. You want to weigh in here? Did you? What's your? Did you play any sports growing up? Oh yeah, I played some basketball when I was younger. Basketball, softball, volleyball, track. Wow, dance squad. <laughs> it was everything. She did all the sports. <laughs> that's awesome. She may have played more sports than us. I was gonna say. But that's... here's the thing: I could care less about sports right now. <laughs> really? I never know what the scores of the games are. Graduated from the University of Arkansas. Don't know when the Razorbacks are playing. So you don't know that the football team is three and zero right now. I mean, they're really I've good. Seen some posts, but I have not watched. It's like I think your alma mater is doing incredible in football, and, and, and you don't I care. Just don't. Wow. We still love you. We still love you. That I doesn't have a matter to us. Who loves soccer? He played soccer as well, and he follows all the soccer, like everything. And so I, I'm not. I still love soccer, but I don't. Watch it. So. Well, I will tell you this: that every Saturday night for church, I find out when the Razorbacks are playing. Oh yeah, and I, it thrills me when they have like an eleven a.m. or twelve o'clock game because I know, hey, that's not going to interfere with church. It, it really, it kind of <laughs> weighs on me when I go, oh, they're playing at six. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell. We can tell by attendance for sure. Leftover pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When the pizza's left that's over, so I says, true. "Yep, there must have been a Razorbacks game." Well, anyway, well, Abby, thanks for weighing in. And um, we're, you know what? Maybe we should do, we should make it a goal to turn you into a sports fan before we're done. We're going to make you care about it again. We're going to make you love it all over again. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show.